0: Right. <clears throat> so hey, everyone, look who we have back on the screen. I am so excited. JB, it's been a year almost really that you've been here. How you been?
1: I am great. It is just it's just a blessing to uh, to to watch God work in the midst of unprecedented times. Right. And uh, wow. and so, yeah, looking forward to talking about a lot of things, uh, including uh, our new book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, which I know you'll talk about that at some point. But yeah, God is good. We've seen a lot of doors open and um a lot of response. Just got back yesterday, or let's see, Monday from uh New Mexico and mm-hmm. spoke three times down there at a conference and uh, spoke on transhumanism, and that was really good. And uh so yeah, no, we're we're good. I'm I'm great grateful for the opportunity to be on and always appreciate what you you're doing at Life Clips.
0: Thank you. So since the last time you were on, we have garnered a lot new subscribers on Rumble. I also have now been on YouTube. Uh, hopefully when they hear that word that you just said, they don't ban me. All right. Away. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So I would like for you to say hello to our growing family here and uh, just whatever else you'd like to say. I know that You are a senior pastor of Plum Creek Chapel, but anything else you want to let them know who you are? Because there are some people who know you and then there's not. So give us a little intro of who you are.
1: Yeah, you bet. So uh, I am the founder and president of Not By Works Ministries. We've been around since 1999, and our passion is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel message. And uh, we actually incorporated back in 2013, went full time with this ministry and traveled a country uh, speaking at various conferences, mostly Bible prophecy conferences, which is where the urgency part of the gospel comes in. Uh, But everywhere we go, we try to uh, give the gospel very clearly and directly and encouraging people to trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. Uh, I am also a pastor or the lead pastor at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, which is uh, near Denver. If anyone's ever in the Denver metro area, uh, look us up. Uh, our website is notbyworks.org, and we link to the church website, uh, which is Plum Creek Chapel, uh, from our website. Uh, but my wife and I have been married uh, 30 years. We have six awesome uh, children and one granddaughter, and um, just so so appreciate the opportunity to to make a living doing what I love, which is uh, teaching the Word of God and uh, sounding the alarm. I heard a great quote, and in fact, I think I'm going to use it as an epigraph in my Uh, next book that's volume two of this one we're going to talk about tonight but someone said love warns uh ignorance can't and evil won't Mm -hmm. and uh let me say that again love warns ignorance can't and evil won't so you're never going to get a warning from the luciferians out there trying to usher in the new world order uh and the satanic regime uh if people aren't uh, educated and aware of what's going on around us, they're not going to be able to warn you. But if you love the Lord and you study His Word and you pay attention to what's going on, then you can give a loving warning. And that's really what hopefully we're doing on tonight's podcast.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, again, I'm so thankful that you're here and, and taking time out, or which I know you have a very busy schedule. So thank you. Um, so I did provide you with some show notes. So what I'm going to do, I to make sure I grab the right mouse. Um, so several weeks ago, a friend and I, Addie Miller, we did a, um, I shouldn't say several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago on the greater reset. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, but it's basically these new age people who come together under the umbrella of the MAGA movement and saving America and all this other nonsense that won't go away and i can't say the q word because i will get banned from youtube but basically greater reset and the q word kind of blend uh so you've got these church folks on one hand and then these uh (laughs) new age people all mega 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 america is the best so the reason i wanted you on today is i wanted to link new age with the luciferian agenda and i know that you have the spirit of the antichrist uh you have really delved into areas that most pastors as i said in my intro that they don't dive into so heartfelt appreciation for that and the reason i get here and this is how my brain works is revelation chapter 17 verses 1 through 5 it is very clear that in the beginning the um this beast which is the antichrist he rides a religious system then halfway into the tribulation please correct me i'm not a pastor so then halfway into the tribulation is when literal hell will break loose and demonic activity that even they hadn't seen in the first half but with that being said now the antichrist is shifting to i love you kumbaya i'm your messiah peace and harmony to worship me take my mark tyranny i think that's when the tyranny comes um to existence what do you think about that before i continue
1: yeah that's that's mostly uh kind of the correct picture to paint now i believe that the antichrist um who, of course, we know will reign for seven years uh, from the start of the peace treaty in Daniel 9-27 until the return of Christ at the Battle of Armageddon. Um, and by the way, I just did a, a podcast called uh, God's 490-Year Timetable, in which I explained Daniel 9 uh, just last week, so that's mm. people can get that at Not by Works uh, podcast channel. Uh, but uh, I would nuance it slightly different. So a lot of people would agree with you that it's really at the midpoint that satan indwells the antichrist remember he's the prince of demons he's a demon so he can indwell unbelievers um and he certainly he indwelt judas we know that from the gospel of john uh and i do believe he will indwell the antichrist but i'm more inclined to think that he's going to do that from the very beginning and that uh, satan who's the great deceiver uh is going to kind of lead him, you know, and Second Thess 2 says that the Antichrist is going to work according to the power of Satan. Uh, I think he's going to lead him to sort of tone it down a bit for the first three and a half years. Uh, mm. He's going to be uh, deceiving the world. Uh, he, if, as far as Israel's concerned, it'll be a time of relative peace, even though uh, the sealed judgments and the wrath of God are going to be pouring out all over the earth. So it's going to be certainly a time of great wrath and a great um, geopolitical crisis. Just as it relates to Israel, though, the first three and a half years will be a time of peace. He's not going to turn his sights on Israel. But then you're right, at the midpoint, which both Daniel and Jesus talk about, uh, he's going to enter the temple, he's going to set himself up as God and demand that everybody worship him. Uh, that's what uh, the Bible calls the abomination of desolation. Uh, and and from that point on, then he's going to turn his sights on Israel and actually you know, increase the persecution. And that's where Revelation 17 comes in. So I think it's kind of a a both and his reign is definitely a seven year reign.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I don't think the people on earth will begin to recognize just how evil he is uh, until the second half. You're right.
0: So do you think he's going to just to totally digress from our topic, do you think he's going to rise as a tyrannical ruler? See, Because I don't think so, because there's there people are bucking the system. Now, these protests they you know, don't want government. So because clearly he comes with a bow, but not arrow. So he's coming on some form of peace. So how do you besides being charismatic and all of that? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, my my uh, my book, Spirit of the Antichrist, which just came out in March, um, Actually, I spend the first couple chapters looking at every passage in Scripture that relates to the Antichrist and mm. c- developing some characteristics of him. So we do know uh, that uh, he, according to Revelation six one, he is going to he's the writer, the first writer on the white horse, the first seal judgment, and he's going to come conquering and to conquer. So uh, he he is going to be the peacemaker. He's going to solve the you know World War three or World War four or whatever it is by then. But my uh, my best guess, and and we can't know all of the details. You know, the Bible gives us a general timeline and -hmm. and quite a bit of facts, but a lot of it is just sort of you know doing our best to compare scripture to scripture and piece it together. So, in my book, What Lies Ahead, which is a biblical overview of the end times, it's actually used as a a textbook in eschatology classes in different Bible colleges and seminaries. I have appendix,
0: by the way, not to interrupt you. If anyone wants to catch that. I have it in um, the introduction. So please. Excellent. Excellent. Series. Yeah,
1: we're doing it. We just are uh, coming to the tail end of a, a year and a half long series mm-hmm. that's kind of based on that book. What lies ahead. But anyway, Calvinism there, is really
0: good, too, by the way.
1: The, the What is
0: the Calvinism?
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we just finished yeah. that one last night. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a 10 part series. But but what I was going to say is in, in the book, what lies ahead? I, I kind of put a sequential order of events in place that looks like this. And again, Pretty confident that this is probably the way it's going to play out, but I couldn't guarantee it because I am sort of making some uh, educated guesses here. The text, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a scripture passage that says thus saith the Lord and you know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to say, but I believe that um, after the rapture in the chaos that ensues, there will be a Northern Alliance that will come against Israel. We read about this in Ezekiel 38 and 39, often called the battle of Gog and Magog and, um, Gog is the leader of the Northern Alliance. Magog is the land, and that's Russia. We, we know that for sure. Uh, I have a whole chapter on Gog and Magog and what lies ahead. But uh, anyway, I, I think as they come against Israel, we know from God's Word that God is going to supernaturally intervene and protect Israel. Uh, however, according to Daniel, there's going to be a Western Alliance uh, that sort of forms to come against the Northern Alliance. Now, they're Uh, secret ambition is to take over Israel the way the Northern Alliance is. Remember that that's God's land. That's the Holy land. It's the center Mm -hmm. of three world religions. And it's, it's a, there's something special about that piece of real estate. So Mm -hmm. in the chaos after the rapture, you're going to have these nations kind of setting their sights on Israel. Well, when the Northern Alliance is defeated, Gog and Magog, uh, by God supernaturally, it's my speculation that the Western alliance takes credit for it basically says see we we prevented you know this these aggressors from coming in and taking israel and it's mm-hmm. my guess that the one who's leading that western alliance is the one who becomes the antichrist and so that's what mm-hmm. propels him to world fame is that he has come virtually out of mm-hmm. nowhere uh, like you s- kind of alluded to he's not going to be necessarily a prominent well-known world leader he is going to be a globalist, of course, and, and, and to some extent, people will, will know him because he's running in that crowd, but he's not going to be front and center until after that battle. And then because of the notoriety that he, g- that he gains from taking credit for that you know, Gog and Magog victory, he's going to be propelled to world fame, sign the peace treaty. And at that point, that's what starts the clock ticking on that final seven year period. So that's kind of my best guess at how it's going to play out.
0: And he's a Gentile still, right? Yeah, no picture.
1: question, he's a Gentile. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow. I you know so, oh,
1: hey. some, you know, Bible scholars uh, tend to suggest that he's going to be a Jew. I just can't get there at all. First of all, Antiochus Epiphanes prefigures mm-hmm. in Daniel chapter eight, you know, the Antichrist, and he clearly was a Gentile. And secondly, um, that he's we know from Daniel eleven that the Antichrist is going to be a uh, one who denies the gods of his fathers. And we're going to talk about that when we get into New Age. But he's he's not going to be a Muslim or a Jew or what. He's going to be a pluralist who's trying to bring together all religions. Um, and uh, the, the fact that he's a false Christ, anti-Christ, anti-meaning both against and substitute, it means both, and the, the anti-Christ is both. Uh, shows that he, whereas Christ is the ultimate capital S seed of Abraham, the ultimate Jew, if you want to call it that way, the Antichrist will not be a Jew. So,
0: right, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And that really made me think there when you said that about the Antichrist. I've never heard that. So, that really makes me want to delve into that a little bit more. Yeah, it's a great thing. I've putting that together. And again, guys, sorry, we're digressing, but that was really exciting. So but putting that together, I can see something like that transpiring because I've always wondered, how is he going to rise? How is he going to come to notoriety just even after the rapture? So anyone can come to the scene. So amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I want to let's shift back to the um, the reason you're here today. So I want to preface this to um, I understand I gave you the show notes, but everything that I'm going to say regarding names of false teachers that I believe or false teachers. That is not what you're saying. So I want everyone to hear me on that. Um, These are Kim's words and not Dr. J.B. Hickson's words or names mentioned. So um, now, if you agree, thumbs up. I'm I'm all for that. If not, we're not going to worry about it. Okay. So I want to read from a very disturbing blog that I found on Kenneth Copeland's website. I think all of us can agree about Kenneth Copeland, Mr. I'm going to live until 120 years old. So I'm going to read from the article. That I found, and as always, the link will be in the show notes. So this is what Kenneth Copeland said. And he's referring to uh, Catholicism, as you can see from these pictures here on the screen. There's a picture of the Pope and all of these people. So he's talking about the guy all the way over, I guess it would be to my right or left. I don't know. He's got the maroon thatch around his waist. And then also in the black and white photos, it's Kenneth, this gentleman, and then the Pope. So this is who this is regarding. At 6.50 a.m. July 20th, 2014, my dear and long-term friend, Bishop Tony Palmer, he died extremely young at 48, departed this earth, and went home to be with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Well, he was, now I'm not, I don't know the condition of anyone's heart. I just know the condition of one's religion. While he was on earth, his and Emmy's ministry and anointing became a bridge between Catholics and Protestants in the body of Christ. Tony had a major impact on the worldwide Catholic renewal, In that role while ministering and teaching the word of faith in Argentina, and he's not talking the word of faith like the Bible, um, he met and became very close friends with Cardinal, help me with that word if you have it on your screen, Bergoglio, I guess. Looks
1: good. Yeah, Bergoglio, Bergoglio. Yeah.
0: Bergoglio. Okay. See that see, guys, that's the pleasure of having a smart person on when well, I'm not saying these words. That's yeah, I'm excellent. Not positive,
1: no. but that's the way I would pronounce
0: it. <laughs> You're uh, listen, I would trust you because you are very intelligent. So, okay, their friendship grew stronger and stronger until they were more than friends. They became spiritual father and son in the Lord. Cardinal, that name again, went on to become. None other than Pope Francis. Mm. So I feel it's all connecting. It's coming to a head this past, I put decade on the notes. I'm just going to say 15, 20 years, really. I think it's more than a decade. Spirituality is a lie. It's a, a universal religion. And all of these people, I work with new age people. I just feel like it's growing. They have this form of Jesus. That's not even the son of God. It's a mythical figure so i would love for you to speak about two things right now i want you to speak about the dangers of new age thinking and then is there truly a demonic realm because my my impression is when jesus roamed the earth there were demons right Mm -hmm. he didn't cast the demons to hell at that moment so when jesus left the earth where did all the demons go i believe there's still demons roaming the earth today and some of them are in people so, your thoughts, really quick, on the dangers of New Age thinking, and is it in a demonic realm?
1: Yeah. So, um, absolutely, it is demonically inspired, and and those that are promoting it, many of them are demonically possessed. But remember, believers, although we can't be possessed by a demon, we can absolutely be oppressed and influenced by, and and so forth. So, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely. Uh, demonic uh satan is a liar and the father of lies he's been a liar a murderer from the beginning jesus said in john 8 um but before we kind of talk more about the demonic uh aspect of this new age you know thinking and especially the resurgence of it i want to just go back for a second to kenneth copeland because um you know like you i i really you know take great pains not to be unnecessarily personally attacking or critical of anyone. In fact, I try never to be personally attacking, but I'm also very cautious about even, you know, naming names unless they're absolutely heretical. And, and, you know, the Bible tells us to do that. Romans 16 says to mark those who teach contrary doctrine and avoid them. So I'm on good biblical ground for doing that. But Kenneth Copeland, in my view, would definitely be in that camp of those that needs to be called out. I mean, he is Mm -hmm. an absolute heretic. And um, his, he, his, he, every aspect of this theology, frankly, is is twisted. And I, uh, you know, if there's someone listening or to this podcast or watching this video that, uh, you know, has been uh, has a positive sense toward him, I, you know, I mean no offense at all, but I really challenge you to go into the Word of God and evaluate what Copeland is saying based on God's Word. And one other note that, that's more recent that I think li- our listeners need to know. A lot of our listeners, um, like uh, Charlie Kirk, who's a conservative pundit, uh, I know he speaks in a lot of churches, uh, as far as we can tell, he's certainly a believer, loves the Lord, but Kenneth, Co- uh, but uh, Charlie Kirk recently said in a video, you can find it out there, this is very recent within the past couple three weeks, I think, certainly within the last few months, um, in which he credited Kenneth Copeland as being one of the great uh, preachers of our day, and he wished there were more churches like Kenneth Copeland's, and so at best, that just shows that Charlie, although he's got a lot of great things to say, he really isn't that discerning when it comes to you know biblical theology and, and truth. So, um, but yeah, that those pictures tell the whole story. There's there's a guy that's uh, uh, cooperating with the uh, you know a a satanic religion. I mean, let's face it. I, I again, no offense to Roman Catholics, you can certainly come to faith in Jesus Christ, and I know a lot of Catholics who do. I think if you're going to grow in the Lord you need to once you've gotten saved by grace through faith you need to leave the Catholic Church because it's not Mm -hmm. not helping your biblical discipleship process but uh, so I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush but if you take the time to research what Roman Catholicism teaches about the divinity of Mary, uh, Mariolatry, um, the Immaculate Conception, um, you know all of the you know even the dark side of Roman Catholicism Mm -hmm. if you know what's going on underground below the Vatican and you know, all of that, uh, the indulgences. The Eucharist. I mean, what's that?
0: The Eucharist.
1: Yeah. And the Eucharist. Yeah. So certainly they believe in sacramentalism and, you know, you're not saved by faith. You're saved through keeping the seven sacraments and so forth and so on. So uh, there's no sense in which the New Testament church, as the Bible teaches, should be cooperating with false religions. And so, um, but remember, and this gets us kind of back to the new age discussion, the end times religion is one of pluralism it's going to be one that the entire world is going to jump on the bandwagon so you know right now if 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 islam were to sort of take over the world and demand that everybody become muslim a lot of people would resist and mm-hmm. and and run the other way and and face martyrdom and so too with any other religion but if a guy comes on the scene that says uh worship me, I'll bring us all together, just follow me, I'm the good guy, all these other things are false, then, uh, you know, he's going to have, we know from the biblical teaching on the end times, he's going to have a great success. Now, I think you mentioned this at the outset, but just to clarify, you know, we need to understand that as believers in the present church age, we're going to be rescued before that final seven-year period. Uh, that's a promise from Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, 1 Thessalonians 5.9. Um, you know, we're not going to be here when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth because we're, you know, as, as John 3.36 says, we're children of God, not children of wrath. Once you've trusted Christ, you're no longer under the wrath of God. Um, but just because we're going to be rescued before the tribulation period, that final seven-year period, doesn't mean we won't have to face troubles if the Lord tarries is coming. And all of this stuff that we see, as you called it, the setting of the stage for the end times... Is very should very much catch our attention and and, and and be we should be focused on it. Proverbs 22:3 says that the person who sees trouble coming and prepares for it is wise. A fool sees trouble coming and ignores it. So we don't want to be foolish. We want to continue to trust the Lord, look for his soon coming. but if he in his sovereignty uh, chooses to wait, uh, and, and we don't see the Lord's return anytime soon, then there's a lot of things that are coming down the pike, you know.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So were you done or did you want me to move forward? Were you good with that? Yeah, I would
1: just I would just close it out by, you know, that section by just reiterating that absolutely this is a demonic delusion. And, uh, and it's, it's crept into the church, you know, first Timothy four reminds us there's going to be a great end times apostasy. Um, and, uh, and, and absolutely churches are, are falling into this, by the way, we probably don't have time to get into it. But the emergent church uh, movement mm. is largely a, you know, a, a kind of an offshoot, if you will, of the new age movement, it's a mysticism, it's, it's a misplaced basis for your beliefs, instead of basing them on the authority of God's word as the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices, it's basing them on this mystical, spiritualized uh, goosebump concept that uh, is not rooted in truth. So yeah, definitely a, a, a strong yes to is the New Age movement demonic. Yes.
0: Yes. So uh, again, now what I'm going to talk about here, I was also uh, raised in a Mm -hmm. charismatic church, but not hyper charismatic, a very good pastor friend of mine out in Seattle is also charismatic. And I don't like those terms. They don't even classify themselves. They're non-denominational. So when I say this part, um, charismatic and Pentecostal movements, You know, I do believe that there are born again people within those. I'm talking the hyper charismatic and the the ones that they put more attention on the Holy Spirit than they do Christ. So some names here and I am going to call them out again. This is me calling them out um, because of their now this is theology um, and some of them are just totally like I did last week on Headline News. You saw that little snippet with um, Todd White. Uh, about Jesus watching people as they watch pornography. Um, so their theology is off. And that's what I'm talking about here. So Bill Johnson, Todd White, Todd Bentley, who kicks people, uh, Rick Joyner, Dr. Michael Brown, um, Lou Engel, Kat Kerr. If no one knows her, here's a wonderful picture of her in her pink wig, um, Sean Boltz, who, and by the way, Kat Kerr's been to heaven. I couldn't even tell you how many times. I don't know why she just doesn't stay there. Um, Mario Murillo he's also a huge voice in uh, Flashpoint and all the guys these people are always seeing visions God's talking to them audibly and it's just a very scary zone Andrew Womack some people like him some don't and the reason I'm bringing in the charismatic and Pentecostal movements is because of their signs and wonders and I'm doing a deep dive right now currently in the book of Acts amazing book so Acts to me is such a beautiful blueprint of how the church began and what the church should look like and what took place. Paul's missionary journeys. It's just really to deep dive, you know, to be a Berean as we read about, but many times as I'm writing my notes down, I don't see much of the whole signs and wonders. I do see it happening, but we don't see people being slain in the spirit and being whipped with the coat by Benny Hinn. (laughs) So, but my thing is, is this is where I get really nervous when it comes to people in charismatic and Pentecostal churches, because I believe that the Antichrist with the false prophet being his little sidekick, I, that's what I see this, this rise of these signs and wonders. And I I don't know what he's going to perform. I'm not going to be here, but I believe that they intertwine each other um, very beautifully, I should say, because i think that's how the deception is going to be who the false prophet is i i know people say he's he might be from the catholic party might be the pope i don't know i don't i don't feel that because it's clear in the bible if you dissect that word land every time that word land is used elsewhere in that same word um, (laughs) it's referring to the land of israel but i could be wrong on that um so anyway i believe he might be jewish maybe in kabbalah or something like that this mystic religion so what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. these? And I'm talking hyper charismatic signs and wonders. They put more emphasis on the Holy spirit than Jesus. They don't really classify Jesus really as a son of God, right? Cause they all have a little God doctrine as well and mm-hmm. word of faith doctrine. So how do you, do you agree with me? Not, and again, you don't have to agree with me and I know you won't. Cause that's why I, I love having you on because you're <laughs> honest. So do you agree with that? I mean, do you think?
1: Yeah. So I think, rise? yeah, I think what you're trying to, to do here is make a connection between sort of the emotional charismatic movement and the tendency in the end times for people to to jump on board that type of movement of the Antichrist we're certainly not suggesting and I know you're not but I just want to be Uh, clear that, you know, the charismatic movement is somehow a tool of the devil or that uh, the Antichrist is going to arise from within it. I think those folks and the ones you named are misguided. Some are, I think there's a continuum. Some are like off the charts heretic, like we talked about Copeland and Benny Hinn and whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then others are just sort of, their theology is askew. They, they, They overplay and misinterpret the passages related to the Holy Spirit, and their whole theology becomes, you know, one that um, makes the Holy Spirit into something He is not, and uh, and so they, uh, you know, they kind of blow up. They just they they are not rooted in the literal, grammatical, historical <laughs> truth of Scripture. So you're exactly right that in the end times, a second test 2 Thess 2:9, for example, that uh, tells us that uh, when the coming of the lawless one, which is the Antichrist, who Paul's talking about here in 2 Thessalonians 2. He says, it's going to be according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So we're definitely going to see an uptick in the phenomenalistic power and signs and wonders. In fact, uh, in my series, Spirit of the Antichrist, in, in volume two, which is about to come out, we have a chapter in there on phenomena. And a lot of the things that we see happening today, the... Uh, references to you know ufos and portals and uh, mysterious disappearances and blue orbs and cattle mutilations and all kinds of things like that i believe are demonic in nature they're real there's no question they're real i mean i've been studying ufos for Mm -hmm. couple decades now and and many people have been studying it for since the 40s you know Mm -hmm. um and uh and they you know we've been talking about this and saying that the government has secret files and that the navy's been you know uh doing secret research on it and and keeping files on uh, sightings and so forth and the government for years and years and years said no 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 nothing to see here move along and then finally back in 2017 with the new york times uh article in December, you know, they, the government, as is so often the case, just came right and said, of course, there are UFOs. We've been studying since the 40s and so <laughs> forth and so on. Um, in the book, um, I am going to make the case, now this again is volume two, which is not out yet. It'll be out soon. Volume one has all, addresses many of the other topics related to the spirit of the Antichrist. But in the discussion on the UFOs, I suggest that the uptick in that aspect of phenomena seems to have coincided with the nation of Israel becoming a nation in 1948, because the first two sightings in the United States that are most famous, of course, there have been sightings throughout 6,000 years of human history, because demons are always at work. It's a spiritual battle, as Paul says in Ephesians 6. But in 1947, you had the Kenneth Arnold sightings uh, in uh, Washington, and then, of course, you had Roswell, uh, both of those in 1947. Right after World War II and Israel, the talk of Israel being given statehood again was happening. And then ever since then, it's just gone straight up in terms of the amount of sightings. And I believe Satan saw what was happening after World War II. He knew that Israel becoming a nation must indicate that God's, you know, the end is getting near. God's about ready to have Israel re-inhabit the land at the return of Christ. And so that's when he sort of ratcheted up the spiritual Struggle uh, with God and the spiritual attacks. So, wow. um, so those are the kinds of things that, if we're getting close to the return of Christ, we ought to see an uptick in them, and we absolutely do. Uh, so, how that connects to the charismatic movement, I would just say only sort of tangentially, and that is that all believers really need to keep a balance between emotionalism and the truth of God's word, and and we need to make sure that we run everything we believe and hear and think through the scriptures to make sure that it can be validated. And it's, it's true. Um, now, the, the charismatic movement and, and, you know, there for those who've studied that, uh, there's been three, basically three waves going back to the turn of the 20th century. Uh, you know you had the first wave in azusa street in san francisco in the early 1900s then the second wave with the pentecostal assemblies of god movement and then the third wave which is more of the independent uh, sort of charismatic um, churches Um, we need to you know be to be fair recognize that you know one thing that that movement has done for the body of Christ in general is just, first of all, to remind us that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. Now, they may have, you know, misinterpreted some things, and, and you know, they get into some false teaching related to them, but I've, I've been in, I don't know, a couple thousand churches and conferences to over 30 years of ministry, and every state in the country, all 50 states, multiple times, and I've been in charismatic churches. We'll go anywhere. The Lord will let us preach the gospel. So I've mm-hmm. preached in assemblies of God. I've preached in some independent ch- churches. I've preached in Calvary chapels, which are kind of not full-blown charismatic. It depends on the Calvary chapel, but <laughs> since Chuck Smith died, it's, there's some differences there, but uh, but uh, I've been in some great Calvary chapel churches. In fact, we love them, um, but, uh, but I've also been in some pretty dead non-charismatic churches that you know they just they may be proud of their knowledge of scripture but they won't walk across the street to talk to their neighbor about the gospel and they won't recognize the the emotive aspects of human nature and the and the move of the holy spirit so mm-hmm. i'm not afraid of the holy spirit at all we talk about him teach about him but you know the the the, the connection i think to what we're talking about on today's program is that if you're if you're doing what you're doing, believing what you're believing based on emotion, you're going to be highly susceptible to deception whenever a, a charismatic, and I mean that not in the religious or theological sense, mm-hmm. but just in the personality sense, leader comes along. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we want to guard against.
0: Very true. So I know that you're extremely knowledgeable on the Luciferian um, agenda when it comes to the the uh nwo again i I need to i guess say that because i don't know what youtube is gonna flag so so now moving forward we're on the second half of the tribulation so here was this antichrist in the beginning um now the do's and don'ts so to speak start you have to do a b c and d and part of that is you have to worship me now and you have to take my mark and then it's not the antichrist who's dictating this it's the false prophet saying you have to do a b c and d so the luciferian agenda i believe really is heightened during that time so two things number one describe for our audience exactly what the Lucifer because it's not some the luciferian agenda isn't people sitting around in some satanic hole somewhere you know doing a blood oath uh, i think it goes well beyond that and mm-hmm. in listening to some of your messages you really delve deep and also let me digress here too um a year ago when we were talking you had mentioned there was a show on one of the platforms that I listened to, Hulu, Amazon. I don't remember, but it was when the people were disappearing. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. what was the name of that again? Uh, well, it
1: was uh, Missing 411. with. Uh, That's
0: right. So they had like four or three, whatever it was, mm-hmm. different movies. And I watched all of them. And so let me just digress to the alien UFO thing. Um, it's becoming so popular right now with the CE five meditation and different things, but watching that, it totally made me think it, demons were involved. Oh, honestly. No question. So, yeah. yeah. I thank you so much for that. So if no one's watched that, um, uh, missing four, one, one, I always say, I always say this, if you're not solid in the faith, I would not do that because you should kind of keep your mindset. I do it for research purposes or just learning stuff. Um, but I'll always dive into the word or prayer, but if you're not, if you're not strong in the faith, I've said it time and time again on this podcast, I'm not encouraging you to watch that. So the Luciferian agenda, do you think it's going to happen that first half or do you really think it's going to come to fruition the second half and then tell our audience exactly what I'm talking about when I say that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really love talking about the Luciferian conspiracy, which, Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'll give a high level overview of it here, but that's really what the, the series spirit of the antichrist is all about and the books, which, which are coming out. I hate to keep you know, You're pushing that, but time. it's the most important book I've ever written. Uh, and, it, and God's using it to wake people up. And I give the gospel very clearly at the end of it, and I will at the end of volume two as well. Um, but uh, in Psalm chapter two, David clearly explains there is a conspiracy involving nations conspiring together to take over the world and throw off the bonds of God. So Satan, uh, who's the leader of this conspiracy, ever since he got kicked out of heaven because he couldn't usurp the throne there, has had his uh, eyes set on the, the world and he thinks this is his playground. First John 5:19 says the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the god of this age and he is conspiring with demons, which are one third of the angels that fell with him when he got kicked out of heaven, uh, and and human beings—that's the conspiracy. You know, a conspiracy is two or more entities working together uh, for nefarious means. Well, that's that's the textbook definition: Satan, demons, and human beings working together to overthrow God and usher in a one-world system. And there is, by the way, a connection. Uh, semantically, between the new age movement and the new world order, <laughs> that they're, they're, the, the Satan is trying to and has been for six thousand years usher in a satanically led one world religious, political, and economic system. So the seven year tribulation isn't just part of the Luciferian agenda; it is the culmination of the Luciferian agenda. It is the final showdown. It is Satan believes they're going to. When, when the Antichrist takes the throne and rules the world tyrannically for seven years, um, you know, and I know he won't literally take the throne in Jerusalem until the midpoint, but he's going to take the helm of the world and be the one world leader from day one of the seven years. When he does that, Satan's going to think he's one. This is what he's been trying to accomplish all along is a one world system where globalism rules. There's no national sovereignty. And in my video that I just did last weekend on transhumanism, I explained how the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, that's exactly what they're saying. Klaus Schwab's newest book that just came out this year called The Great Narrative. He talks about the one world system, how we've got to get rid of America and we've got to have the the economy of America be destroyed so that everybody can come under one global sovereign rule where they're accountable to one elite group of people. So um, this is what they're going for. That is the Luciferian Mm -hmm agenda and what and while a lot of people have been talking about it for for a long time i've got you know right behind, right in front of me here which would be you know off camera i've got a huge bookshelf full of books that i've been researching this for years and years and years and years and it's nothing new people were talking about it in the 1800s uh, mm-hmm. in the early 20th century uh, people like uh Alice Bailey, who mm. says all of her writings, she was channeling a demon. She was talking about the 2020s being the year that they're going to, Satan's going to usher in his one world system. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new, but what, what makes our discussion of the the Luciferian conspiracy, I think, unique is that very few people are discussing it in the context of God's word and how God's word clearly teaches that that's Where we're headed. We're headed towards a one world government period. The first seven years of it, at least, will be, well, the first, well, seven years of it will be led by the Antichrist. We don't know if that's all because we could be in a one world system even before the rapture. It's just the the Antichrist isn't going to take the helm of it until after the rapture. But certainly, you know, the first one world government to come will be satanically led. But then ultimately, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Christ himself, is going to come back, rule in perfect peace and righteousness. And the Bible will have come full circle, as from Genesis to Revelation, as God's word tells us it will, back to a pre-fall Edenic state of, of perfect righteousness. So, I mean, that's the Luciferian agenda in a nutshell. And so absolutely, that, that the final three and a half years that you just talked about, Will just be even more intense and more leading up to it. In fact, at the midpoint, Revelation tells us that God is going to banish Satan from heaven permanently. So right now, even though he's been kicked out of heaven, he has the the ability to go back into heaven and talk to God. We we see that, for example, in the book of Job. But at the midpoint of the tribulation, he's banished. Not only that, but at the midpoint, he's given the key to go down to the abyss and release some of those angels who have been imprisoned all this time so that he can harness as big an army as he possibly can for the final cosmic battle. Now, he's already lost that battle. He lost it at Calvary. Uh, but uh, and, And going all the way back to Genesis, God told the serpent, who Revelation 12 tells us is Satan, Uh, he told the serpent that someday the seed of the woman, capital S, will will crush your head. So he's known from the very day of the fall that, you know, he's going to lose, but he just doesn't believe it. And the worst kind of deception is self-deception. And, you know, 2 Timothy 3.13 says that evil men and imposters are getting worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So these Luciferians today, and by the way, you know, they at the top tier in the book, uh, the book that's out that you see behind me there, uh, we we have a whole chapter diagramming the Luciferian conspiracy. And at the top tier of it, there's six or eight families that most people have never heard of uh, that aren't the face of this globalist conspiracy. But they are really the ones that are praying to Satan, talking to Satan every day. They are sacrificing children and drinking blood. I know that may mm-hmm. sound shocking to people, but it really shouldn't because God's word talks about that happening 2000 years before Christ in Abraham's day. So do we think people have gotten better? <laughs> no, after all these years, it's even worse. So of course, at the top tier, the Luciferians are getting their marching orders from him. And then as the further down the chain you go, it's more compartmentalized. It's need to know basis, but a lot of people are involved in it and and don't even realize that they're working as a pawn in Satan's game. But it's uh, you know, the whole premise of the, the book, Spirit of the Antichrist, the title comes from First John 4, 3, where John says, You have heard that one Antichrist, capital A, is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. That's first John mm-hmm. 2 and 1 John 4. So um yeah I I think you're you're smart to you know alert your listeners to this reality and to Kind of address the religious aspect of it
0: agreed okay so that video there as we saw was uh with uh jamie he was i found him through the greater reset talking about people just having like a cult-like mentality um you know we've seen cults happen from david koresh to all these other people so do you think that when the antichrist comes on the scene it will have a cult-like mentality because i know the bible is clear that there will be a huge number of people who are saved so I don't know. People always debate that, like, oh, we heard the gospel, and then when the rapture happens, all of a sudden, now they have a debased mind and they won't ever be saved. So, but do you think people will have a cult-like mentality towards this?
1: Absolutely, I mean, you know, and and it's already happening. I mean, uh, you know. Um, I mean, that guy is, is dead wrong on t- sort of acting like that all these cults are the same. You know, mm-hmm. Christianity is the one true religion because it's only through faith alone in Christ alone that anyone can be made right with a holy God. Uh, either Jesus was a liar or a lunatic, or he's the son of God. And I believe the Bible is what it is. It tells us what God wants us to know. So, but there's no question that people are susceptible to this bandwagon Mentality. First of all, deception is going to reach unprecedented heights during that future seven-year tribulation. In which ways?
0: Can I interrupt you? Can you expound upon that? In which ways?
1: Yeah. So uh, Jesus said, for example, referring to that final seven-year period repeatedly in Matthew 24, be not deceived. Watch out. Many Christ will come and claim to be the Christ. Be not deceived. And he says deception is going to be so strong that if it were possible, even the elect could be deceived. And so it's, you know, again, 2 Timothy 3.13 says deception. Deception is getting worse and worse and that was written in 67 AD mm-hmm. under the inspiration yeah. of the spirit of course but here we are 2000 years later it's getting worse deception will be worse tomorrow than it is today and so you've got a deadly combination you've got a people that are better at deceiving people that are more easily deceived and you've got this charismatic cult-like personality that's coming on the scene that's going to just capture people's hearts and you know, uh, we've seen this movie before, uh, not in a prophetic end times fulfillment sense, but we've seen people come on the scene who have, through mind control and other mechanisms, been able to get the masses to follow them. And um, so, you know, it's definitely uh, a part of the picture, and I think it just challenges us uh, today. In fact, I was going to read First uh, Timothy um chapter 4 verse 1 where we read the spirit expressly says that in the latter times now listen some will depart from the faith we mentioned that earlier but notice he goes on to say giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons and so the new age movement is just one manifestation of many uh, you know, deceiving spirits out there where people are, you know, uh, a problem. I, I I talked to one lady, I did a conference here, not too long ago in the last month or two, uh, it was a truth movement. Uh, a we the people group had 200 people there in Colorado. Um, and a lady came up to me after the conference. And she just she said, you know, I just think, uh, you know, people are, you know, she asked, she asked me if I had done any research on near death experiences and i've i've read a lot about ndes listened to a lot of uh, you know uh, authors and so forth but she started describing people that she said had died and gone to heaven and and come back and given her special insight into heaven you know <laughs> and so i said well so you're talking about after death experiences then right not near death you're talking about people <laughs> that actually died allegedly yeah. she goes yeah and she goes but anyway in that context she goes on to say you know I I just, you know, one of the people that I know that went to heaven, she came back and said, God, God's standard for inner heaven is just how nice you are. If you're nice and loving to others, you're going to get into heaven. And I began to explain to her that, you know, that's not what God's word says. And she says, well, that's just the Bible, you know? And I say, well, don't you believe in Jesus? And she said, oh yeah. And I said, well, Jesus said this. And, you know, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the father, but maybe you don't believe he said that or what? And she just, she was just deceived. She was completely, utterly deceived. Unwilling to even rationally try to defend her view, she's just mm-hmm. deceived. So, yeah, I think uh, we're 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 going to see more and more of that.
0: Yeah, and deception—that's just a scary thing. Is deception is very—it's scary because last week again, and I'm always talking in the past when I do these. But so last week when I did the HLN headline news, I played a snippet from Ladder with Crowder. On his podcast, when literally the word recession, I don't even know if that would get me censored from YouTube right now. That word doesn't mean what it used to mean. So I'm joking with people, but not really joking. The word rapture, we need to capture it and hide it from Wikipedia and keep it on your person because deception, I believe that word is also going to be changed when the rapture. And I, you know, from, from, the, the C that took place to the the V that took place, we um we're seeing the stage of deception even then, believing a lie that's never going to happen. And it scared me when you said, "and it's going to get worse tomorrow than it was today." I'm like, "No, please!" But I know the scripture. It'll wax worse and worse and worse. Mm. Um, so yes, deception is definitely high, and and the cult like mentality, is just it's a scary realm. Uh, JB and I know I uh, we digress from that for a moment, but we don't have to sit on that unless you want to revisit it. But the, the cult-like mentality, we see that today with so many things. We see the, especially here in America, right? The left from the right and um, the MAGA movement. And I mean, I went out and voted, I early voted on Saturday, but I also contacted my Congress people here in Florida and I wanted to know what their stance was. I wanted to hear their words in my ear. And you know, I the one candidate that I was really on the fence for, uh, just because of the fake news narrative, um, and that deception is in itself. She's like, yes, I actually did support or work with. She didn't say support. I worked with Charlie Crist, who I don't know if you know anything about him here mm-hmm. in Florida. He was a Republican, independent Democrat. God doesn't even know what he's like. So, but we had a, an amazing dialogue today. And she's like, yeah, I worked for him, but I didn't support him. She said, we can do that. Come to find out she's a born again believer. Mm. And she's like, I used to go to Calvary Chapel. Now she goes to a church out in Dunedin. And so I asked her those tough questions. What is your stance? You know, do you do, you you know what a woman is though, right? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, will you have the backbone to stand? That's, I don't want a Marjorie Taylor who is so in your face and the MAGA and the, you know, which she's great, but that's just overly aggressive, right? There has to be a balance there. So, but I do believe that we are in this cult-like mentality right now with, believing lies believing that you can be whatever sex you think you can be and you know um, yeah that's what i talked about
1: in that transhumanism thing you know Mm -hmm. uh, schwab and many others of the luciferian elite right now are on record repeating like noah uh, harari uh uval harari Mm, he's a
0: scary one though you have to admit totally yeah
1: yeah, and they're and they're on record repeatedly saying, and I encourage people to watch that video. Just go to notbyworks.org, and it's still on the highlight carousel, Transhumanism Exposed, uh, and it was picked up by Harbingers Daily. By the way, you can mm. get it there too. Uh, we have our we've we're now a trusted podcaster for Harbingers, and we have our own page on Harbingers. So, wow, uh, but th- th- quote after quote after quote that I show in that video of these guys talking about and gals how we have to redefine what it means to be human and we have to change what we think it means to be human. And it's going Mm -hmm. to totally change what humanity really is. And because the one frontier that Satan hasn't conquered yet, and that he thinks he can conquer when he ushers in this one world system Mm -hmm. is creating life. He has not Mm -hmm. been able to create life. And so through artificial intelligence and transhumanism, they believe they're this close to accomplishing it. And that's why there's such an urgency, you know, they rolled out the, 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 and I'm sorry if this gets you banned, but they rolled out the, the pre-planned scandemic uh, 22 years in advance. The biggest chapter in the book that you see behind me there is chapter nine. It's 50 pages. And it's uh, by the way, there's 38 pages of bibliographic citations in there. So this is 15 years worth of research, but the the chapter nine deals with big uh, vaccines and big pharma. And I, I give smoking gun evidence that the pandemic was pre-planned 22 years in advance and rolled out purposely to advance their agenda, which mm-hmm. is to get complete control grid and to. And it wasn't about the pandemic; it was about the vaccine or the, mm-hmm. you know, gene editing experimental bio injections, as as they're really all. Right. Um, but you know, they that that's what they're wanting to do. They're they're trying to create life, and they're trying to, uh, you know, to get people to alter their DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, no different than what we saw back in in the days of, of Noah. So. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play the six minute. It's actually six minutes and 23 seconds. Um, this is the second coming of New Age on Fox. So- taking
2: on a big debate that strikes right at the core of religion
3: in 2019 more and more people are blending spirituality and traditional religion are are these two things mutually exclusive or if some lost their way dan bones with the second coming of the new age
4: christianity and faith is not blind it's a reasoned trust
3: god is the self Mankind is divine by nature, so the belief is that God is the substance of reality.
4: We have a global generation exploring life and truth and divinity.
2: AGE BELIEFS HAVE BECOME COMMON, EVEN AMONG PEOPLE WHO CONSIDER THEMSELVES TO HAVE STRONGLY TRADITIONAL RELIGIOUS VIEWS. A RECENT STUDY FROM THE PEW RESEARCH CENTER FOUND 60%, 6 IN 10, HELD SOME TYPE OF NEW AGE VIEW. WE'RE TALKING ABOUT ISSUES LIKE ASTROLOGY, PSYCHICS, REINCARNATION, OR THE BELIEF THAT THERE'S ENERGY IN PHYSICAL OBJECTS LIKE MOUNTAINS, TREES, OR CRYSTALS. TO GET SOME ANSWERS ABOUT ALL THIS, WE CAME NORTH OF THE BORDER HERE TO TORONTO TO SPEAK TO A MAN WHO'S LIVED LIFE ON BOTH SIDES OF THIS DEBATE.
3: I knew in that moment that I was in the presence of of Jesus.
2: It was the moment that changed everything.
3: The atmosphere around me started to change and I could feel in the air that there was something holy and pure around me.
2: Stephen Bankars was reborn. And
3: I just basically fell on my face before him and was weeping like a baby. Um, basically reaching out to him and I was witnessing it
2: but back up a few months before this tearful YouTube testimonial recorded in his car
3: this was my dream house yeah Um, I bought this back in 2015
2: to when he lived here
3: A HUNDRED PERCENT OF THE MONEY I USED TO BUY THIS HOUSE, I MADE TEACHING um, NEW AGE PRACTICES, NEW AGE DOCTRINE, NEW AGE PHILOSOPHY ONLINE ON MY WEBSITE.
2: STEPHEN HAD IT ALL. THE BIG HOUSE AN HOUR OUTSIDE OF TORONTO, THAT FLASHY SPORTS CAR, ALL PAID FOR WITH PROFITS FROM HIS NEW AGE-BASED WEBSITE, SPIRIT SCIENCE AND metaphysics.
3: So I believe that I was God by nature, I shared in the being and substance of God, but there was also an intelligence beyond the universe that I had a relationship with.
2: The articles and web traffic earning him a fortune, tens of thousands of dollars a month. All of my
3: best articles had to do with the afterlife.
2: His content, a mix of spirituality and religious beliefs, the core of New Age.
3: it the culmination of pagan beliefs and practices that draws from things like Eastern mysticism, the occult, uh, theosophy, Buddhism, Hinduism, etc. and this really is a prominent Uh, Type of spirituality in the West right now.
2: It's all part of a modern day metaphysical movement gone completely mainstream.
3: We crave a supernatural interaction, a supernatural understanding of the world, and they're not offered that in society. So then they turn to the new age.
2: From astrology driven millennials,
0: I'm a Leo, not a Virgo, or OMG, I'm a Gemini and not Cancer,
2: to crystal healing subscription boxes, and that recent study showing the U.S. witch population has seen an ASTRONOMICAL RISE IN POPULARITY. THIS GROUP DESCENDING ON DC, SWEEPING AWAY EVIL SPIRITS.
4: NEW AGE LEANS MORE TOWARDS uh, GENERAL SPIRITUALITY, EVEN PERSONAL SPIRITUALITY. EIGHT BILLION PEOPLE ON THE PLANET, WE CAN'T HAVE EIGHT BILLION TRUTHS. SOMETHING HAS TO BE ABSOLUTE TRUTH, ULTIMATE
2: TRUTH. DR. A.R. BERNARD IS THE FOUNDER AND SENIOR PASTOR OF CHRISTIAN CULTURAL CENTER IN BROOKLYN LARGEST CHURCH IN NEW YORK. I'M NOT IMPRESSED WITH SPIRITUAL POWER. HE DESCRIBES HIS SERVICES AS MORE TEACHING THAN PREACHING. WE ARE SPIRITUAL TO THE DEGREE THAT WE REFLECT
4: THE NATURE AND THE IMAGE OF GOD. I BELIEVE IN OUR FAITH TRADITION AND I THINK MOST FAITH TRADITIONS HOLD TO THE NOTION THAT THERE'S SOMETHING INSIDE OF EVERY HUMAN BEING that seeks the divine that seeks a sense of purpose understanding
2: so here we have this study 6 and 10 people who believe that and consider themselves christians may hold at least one new age belief whether it's reincarnation or a belief in crystals what do you what do you make of that because of social media and communication platforms Uh,
4: MORE PEOPLE GLOBALLY ARE EXPOSED TO THESE THINGS. IT'S NO LONGER CONFINED. SO IT OPENS TO MORE INFORMATION COMING IN FOR PEOPLE TO SORT THROUGH AND SAY, WOW, THAT SOUNDS GOOD, THAT SOUNDS GOOD. AND IT BECOMES A MENU.
2: OKAY, ALL THIS OTHER STUFF IS SWIRLING AROUND. CAN'T DO ANYTHING ABOUT IT. CAN'T STOP EVERYTHING. CAN'T TURN OFF THE INTERNET. FROM YOUR OWN EXPERIENCE, uh, STARTING SMALL, A FEW DOZEN PARISHIONERS AND A HUNDRED AND THEN A FEW THOUSAND AND THEN NOW TENS OF THOUSANDS, It must give you a belief and a a faith in the word and the power of the structure of the tradition.
4: After a while, people go back to the need for structure, the very structure that they rejected in organized traditional religion. Uh, It becomes important to them because they realize, how do I test this? How do
3: I legitimize
4: what I'm experiencing?
2: Which brings us back to Stephen, that life-altering moment. And it hits you.
3: It did hit me. I thought God was just some kind of energy blob up beyond the universe somewhere, and I would talk with him, and I would pray to him. Um, Meanwhile, it was all in vain.
2: It was a moment when he felt the presence of a higher power.
3: My heart was empty. Um, I was living in that house for maybe three or four months, and what happened was my sin started to find me out.
2: So he gave it all up. The website, sold the house, the car. He wanted something different. He found Christ.
3: What was going through my mind at that time was the simplicity of it all, the simplicity of Christ. He's who he claimed to be. End of story. I needed to start seeking him for who he actually was instead of trying to fit him into this box of mysticism.
0: All right, so with the combination of those two videos, and then after you're done talking, I want to read a snippet from an article. I feel like there's this growth of spirituality within our young kids today, whether it be my generation, Gen Xers to millennials, to Gen Zs, now the alpha generation. And then it also seems like, um, and again, I'm not judging this uh, kid at all. I just hope like in the beginning, when we first heard that, it's always this experience with Jesus. Uh, He did mention the word sin at the end of it all. So I'm truly hoping that he understands his need for a savior. And it's a true, when I say repentance, it's not a turning from sin, it's changing one's mind. But I just, my heart grieves for this popularity right now of new age, especially amongst the church, young kids. So just speak upon that. I mean, what would you say if someone into new age was watching this?
1: Yeah. I mean, boy, that was pretty heavy stuff there. Um, You know, that young man, um, nothing about what he said, at least as it made the final, you know, news uh, clip there, uh, nothing about what he said would indicate to me that he understands that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died and rose again to pay his personal penalty for sin. I mean, the gospel is pretty clear. Uh, More than 160 times the New Testament conditions eternal life upon faith alone in Christ alone. You don't get to heaven by having an experience. You get to heaven by placing your faith in the only one who can forgive sin and give you the free gift of eternal life. And so like you, I don't know what that young man's relationship with the Lord is, but clearly he began to see the, the bankrupt nature of Eastern mystical religions and this sense of you know energy. But he, he talked about how he felt like there was a power in the air. Well, there absolutely is. Jesus, uh, Satan is the prince of the power of the air.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: it is all around us and it is deceiving. And I think, you know, what you're seeing, it's almost like a pinball machine. People are bouncing from one false teaching to another because they're not rooted in the simple gospel message. So simple a child can understand it. And, you know, if you don't trust in Jesus Christ and and place your faith in him as the only one who can save you, you're not going to be in heaven. That's not me making some personal declaration. That's the word of God. That's the testimony of scripture. I mean, Jesus said, for example, in John, uh, eight verse 24, he said, therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am, he, you will die in your sins. If you don't, if you die in your sins, you're going to spend eternity in a literal place of torment called hell. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, Really, it's one of the signs of the times that, that we see all around us, and I talk about this in the book, is this sense of not recognizing there's absolute truth and that you have to land somewhere. And unfortunately, people are bouncing from one religion to another, whoever the most compelling and appealing and snap, you know, jazzy presenter is they jump on that bandwagon. And we see it in non spiritual things too. We see it with, you know, um, political candidates, you know. Uh, I mean, I took to, to mind, I hate to get too political here. I'm sure I'm going to offend some people with this, but I can't, I've always just shared from the heart. I was stunned back in 2016 that Bible believing Christians would throw their support behind an evil man who made billions of dollars in the porn and gambling industry and was a reality TV star. And while the election was going on, was paying off all of his mistresses and admitting it. I just, I couldn't believe it. That shows right there, a lack of discernment, but because he was a Republican and he wasn't Hillary, man, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. And then he met with 2000 evangelical leaders in Times Square and Manhattan and convinced them that he was a believer i again i don't know his heart i don't know if he's a believer or not but he got everybody to come on board and and uh, i just it, it's stunning to me and then of course what does he do he gives us the death shot the mm. uh, experimental gene altering bioinjection that has killed in a chapter i list all the statistics as of the time of writing which was february march when it came out was published uh from the VERS system and the military separate tracking system, and it's exponential. Yeah. And uh, let's not forget who gave us that, you know, so uh, there's just a lack of discernment out there. And that's my takeaway from that video.
0: Yeah, and I, I've, I mean, I voted for Trump, um, but I didn't know that about the, you said the porn industry.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he I was had no idea about it. He's that. been on the cover of uh, Playboy magazine. He's been to Hefner's mansion what? many, many times.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I'm and not he, playing the ignorant card. I didn't. When you said that, that's why I was like, what?
1: Like, I faunted. never even
0: heard that. He wow.
1: flaunted it. I mean, when, during the campaign, um, once he got the nomination, he met with Jonathan. I mean, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, mm. and his wife in his in office and took a photo op of them, one on either side, and Trump in the middle. And right over the shoulder is a framed picture, still in his office, of himself on the cover of Playboy magazine. So wow. he, he's flaunting it. It was kind of kind of an in I your face. Uh, and he's he was on Epstein's plane multiple times. On the mm-hmm. plane manifest, he was on uh, again at Hefner's. You know, he was a good friend of Hefner, but nobody knows that because all, everybody gets their news from Fox News or some other mm-hmm. you know conservative pundit. And of course. He was the the guy. He was the Republican, and everybody, oh, he's a good Christian guy, and and you need to just. But I I know people. We're gonna have a section on him in the in in the second book, small mm-hmm. section at great
4: hesitation <laughs> because I know that's gonna
1: probably turn people off. But I know people that you know that know him, and so we've done our research, mm-hmm. and I'm just telling you. Uh, you know, he he's he's not all that he's cracked up to be. But right. that's beside the point, because to me, the whole political system is rigged. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was clearly a rigged election in 2020. There's Great. no doubt about that. Yeah. And it was clearly rigged in 2016 and 2012 and 2008 yeah. and 2004 and 2000. Yeah. I mean, it's been ever since they went to digital voting. It's been rigged. So, mm-hmm. you know, I admire people who who vote and vote their conscience. And if you believe your vote counts, you should vote. But mm-hmm. if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't. You know, you, you wouldn't probably wouldn't it,
0: you know. vote. Yeah, and it's funny because I I did vote for Trump both times. Um, then when that whole and most of this is going to be edited for YouTube, so let me speak freely. So, when <laughs> thanks, JB, no, Jason, <laughs> but um when the covid happened and the vaccination i i mean i looked at people square in the face i even said it here on this podcast he's the one who did operation warp speed he's the one who started the vax so that's when i think my antennas began to go up because again i i know trump from being a new yorker so i know that rough gruff businessman the celebrity um i knew that he you know was you know a little I don't want to say loose with the women, but I knew that he was, what is that word called when you, um, well, he was I was going to say was... a man whore, but I don't know if I can say that in front of a pastor.
1: Yeah, no, this, he uh... was. And by the way, not only did he start operation works, but who did he put in charge of it?
4: it was he put in here, charge
1: of it. The guy that was on the board of Moderna. Now, if that's, oh, not, a, that's, if right, that's yes. not a conflict of interest, I don't know right. what is, and who did Trump put as his yeah. Health and Human Services Secretary? Alex Azar. Who was Alex Azar? He was the leader of the North American uh, branch of Eli Lilly, one of the big pharma companies that that mm. created uh, all the psychotropic drugs like Prozac and all the others that, that destroyed mm-hmm. a whole generation of kids. So these are yeah. the people. He had sixty-seven people that were uh, part of the Council on Foreign Relations that he had in his administration. Sixty-seven. Wow.
0: So So do you think this has nothing to do, but I'll leave it because we're going to be on rumble with this part here. But do you think that all the deaths that we have been seeing because I do are um, or like when Justin Bieber came out and half of his face didn't work? Do you think that's Vax related?
1: Oh, no question. The vars is mm. exponential. And I've got the data in the book and it's all you know cited. Mm. So, and there's no question mm. that this vaccine is killing people exponentially. And by the way, it's going to kill mm. a lot more. There, a lot of it is time released, and it won't happen till you know two to three years. That's another reason I believe we're we're close. Now, yeah. again, God is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable. He may not be ready to usher in the end times, but we know the Luciferians are on yeah. their own you know, record and their own documentation, their own writings, they're saying they're shooting for 2025 to 2030, that, that time frame, And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the reason they don't really care about the VAERS data, because by okay. the time the whole world knows what happened, it's going to be too late. It'll yeah. already be a one world system. And so, oh. and Klaus Schwab is so close, he can taste it. He wants it to happen in his lifetime. And so he yeah. just thinks it's, it's gonna happen. But yeah, there that's there's no doubt that these that the vaccines are killing people. As I say in the book, there are literally hundreds upon thousands of doctors worldwide, surgeons, pediatric doctors, scientists, virologists, you name it, that are on record from the beginning saying that this vaccine is a killer. Yeah. And it's not even a vaccine, it's the completely new technology. They've never had a vaccine for the SARS-CoV-1 virus, and it's been over 20 years mm-hmm. and never will. But somehow for the SARS-CoV-2 virus, they were able to throw together this hodgepodge yeah. of, of stuff. And by the way, we there's also research. I can't remember if I talk about it in the book, but uh, people have done the research and the, the, the not every one of the vaccines, and there were multiple manufacturers, as we know, not all of them were the same, that that you know, it has to do with the lot number. That's the reason some people say, well, I took the vaccine and I feel fine. Nothing ever happened to me. Well, yeah. you probably got a placebo, first of all, but even if you got a real vaccine, it, it wasn't the tainted lot numbers. They, they, the numbers are striking that all of the adverse effects, they went back and cross-referenced all the data from VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System, with the lot numbers that were sent to the place where that person got their shot. And and all of the adverse effects are within a few lot numbers. So, you know, it's it's a conspiracy. People need to understand that, that Satan is alive and well and he's been conspiring to take over the world. And this was a huge yeah. Part of it, just as 9/11 was a huge part of the overall plan, so mm-hmm. too was the the control of virus pandemic. No question. No,
0: it's crazy. I mean, again, I probably wouldn't vote, but I'm afraid not to vote because I I don't know. I I am on the fence on that, if I could be honest, because I'm like, does my vote really count? Because I would hate for someone to get in, and then I'm reflected on the scripture verse that God really puts people where they need to be. Yeah. And but I don't know. I I just. I haven't really been that much into really researching the people who run here in Florida, or even when I lived in Georgia um, until like about 2018. And I wanted to know, like, what do you like? Just don't tell me something on a piece of paper. I want to know what you believe.
1: Here's the thing. I respect everyone's view. If you feel like you should vote, you should absolutely vote. That's between you and the Mm -hmm. Lord. But what you need to understand and what everybody now knows is that the digital voting tabulation systems are easily hackable, easily manipulated. We don't have elections; we have selections. And a kid in a cubicle in, you know, Milwaukee can, mm. with a few keystrokes, change the outcome of a, an entire state election yeah. you know, across the country. So it's there's no uh provenance there. there's no, you know, you have no idea where the vote uh, you know comes from or if it's even counted. And so we saw that. We saw that blatantly, the worst election fraud ever in 2020, notwithstanding yeah. what the mainstream media and the Supreme Court and all the federal judges said they're lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may even believe the lie, but it's a lie. And so, you know, until they change that, you know, the definition of lunacy is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So, you know, I know people are all hyped up about the midterms. And I've asked more than once at conferences, I've asked people who've come up to me, I've said, oh, so I guess I missed the news. Did they did they decide to do away with the digital vote tabulations? And they're like, they look at me like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, well, so what's the point? Why do you think somehow you're going to your vote is going to count? yeah Uh, and of course not every vote is rigged not every election is rigged it depends Mm -hmm. on the level and whatever but they don't have to rig them all i mean if you've watched uh the 2000 2000 mules Mules. i mean that's it's so easy i
0: was going to ask you my jaw was on the ground after watching that
1: yeah i mean it's and i've been talking i was talking about the dominion voting systems 15 years ago Ken. and 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 the rigged elections, and you know, there's great documentaries out there. There have been congressional hearings about it. People have actually died, witnesses have died the day they were supposed to appear before mm-hmm. Congress. So, there's no question that once it went digital, it's super. E- I mean, if they can hack into the NSA servers, you don't think they can hack into our election servers? It's a no brainer, exactly. yeah. but people still dutifully line up and pretend like they're doing their job. Yeah. And, and, and I guess if you, if you, I mean. To me, we don't have a moral obligation to vote in a corrupt system. I mean, they have elections in North Korea and Iran. Yeah. Are believers obligated to vote there? No, because they know that they're rigged. They just haven't come to grips with the reality that they're rigged here and have been for a long time.
0: You're right. You are. I I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think it's just that I can't. To what you just said, I can't come to grips with that. It's very difficult because I love America. I am so thankful and so blessed that God allowed me to be born here. I just think I'm so disenchanted lately on this country. I really, I always knew that this would happen, but I really didn't see it. I thought all of this was going to happen during the tribulation. Yeah, I didn't know that I would actually be witnessing. The corruption that I I see. Today. Yeah, me
1: neither. I mean, I think all of us hoped that in America we would we would be uh, protected from it. But the reality is, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ across the world have been suffering the worst form of persecution for two thousand years of church history. That's right. You, you know, America is only two hundred and forty six years old. We've been mm-hmm. incredibly blessed. Amen. Uh, yeah. And if the Lord tarries is coming, we're not entitled to not suffer. So
0: exactly. Yeah, that's what I always tell people, like people who. Um, And I've gotten really good at that, not being so, I call them first world problems. Oh my gosh, I didn't get the right lipstick shade or I, I whatever the case may be, right? (laughs) 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 Now polish. Hey, you never know today. No, I'm teasing. So, you know, I understand that. I always tell people, oh, you mean first world problems because, you know, you're whatever. It's just so it's, and I always say that we have, when people say that we're persecuted here, I'm like, come on guys, we're not we're not we're not like talk to someone in north korea and then get back to me on Well, some some
1: are i mean talk to the people that have been in prison since january oh, 6th, you yeah know. yeah yeah yeah
0: i mean i know like in so, canada that it happens there oh yeah sure, but by I mean, and I large
1: follow. yeah by and large we, we're pretty blessed yeah
0: right i mean even with the churches closing during covid i think that after a while um how, when did you open up or did you ever close
1: so our church, like every church, uh, closed for Easter Sunday because Donald Trump said we had to close. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, by the way, if President Hillary Rodham Clinton had said that, do you mm-hmm. think Christians would have done, gone along? Absolutely not. That's why they put Trump in there in 2016. Mm-hmm. Remember, Hillary got three million more votes in 2016, popular mm-hmm. votes. So yeah. it's never an election, it's a selection. And they needed Trump in there uh, because they needed this uh Pandemic to be universal and not become a political thing. And if Hillary had mm-hmm. stood up and said, You got to stop worshiping God on Easter Sunday for the first time since Emperor Constantine uh, in the 400s or whatever, yeah. uh, that would have been a revolt and Christians wouldn't yeah. have gone with it. And it would have been a Democrat Republican type thing. Not that there's not mm-hmm. Christian Democrats, but you know my point. And uh, but because you know Republicans and then they all stopped our church, uh, I think stopped for about uh, six weeks or so. Mm -hmm. And then when Trump made his announcement that, you know, churches no longer have to shut down, we opened back up, but we did so against the laws in Colorado. I mean, they were saying you had to have only so many people, you had to sit so far apart, you had to wear masks, you you know, this and that. But we called the sheriff and said, you know look we're we're doing it and we just want to know are you going to arrest us and he said mm-hmm. no yeah. and we, we got lots of complaints the health department called us many times a couple times called me directly and said wow. hey we've gotten complaints you know because your parking lot's full on Sundays. you're only supposed to have so many people and i said okay thanks for sharing click you know Didn't hang up because i was and,
0: wondering that because colorado was a very stringent state
1: oh well, it was terrible yeah it was absolutely yeah. terrible and uh But, you know, um, we weren't the only ones. There were other churches, very few, but there were some Mm -hmm. that took a stand. And uh, I think it depends on the situation. People went to jail over it, people up in Idaho. I mean, I show Mm -hmm. the video in my Spirit of the Antichrist video series that came out before the book. I show the video of the people being arrested because they were singing praises to God out in the open air on the parking lot under the sky. But that was a violation of the rule. So you're Mm -hmm. going to jail, buddy. You know, what do you think this is, America? You think this is a free Uh country?
0: Right. And, you know, I didn't I guess, and I don't want to digress too much here because uh, I wanted to bring it back, and we can end on that. But I think, and I've said it. I think Covid, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and again, I just haven't woken up to the fact. But I really think Covid was that stepping stone to get us where we are now. Like they yeah. needed something because if if that did not happen, we would not be having the state of america that we're in right now something ha- and i always tell people look you know however america falls it's going to fall it's not in bible prophecy it's not god's tom- time piece. um yes god shed his grace on me that's just in a lyric you know but god's eye the apple of his eyes is israel the apple of his eye is not america if someone can show me that verse i'll right. stand corrected you know so i do agree with you on the voting um but then I don't agree with you because I'm like, I want to do it and I don't yeah. want to believe no. that it's all fake. And these people are really bad. And I know that there's good people, even on both sides, you know, I and I know you just said Christian Democrat and I'm sure everyone just vomited and they turned you off at that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't believe though, however, let me disagree with you. I don't believe that the the liberal party that we have today, I don't know how anyone can call themselves a born again believer and stand in that perversity. Now, Could they be a JFK Democrat? You know, even Bill Maher kind of is like, this isn't my party anymore. They hijacked it. So I do believe in some Christian Democrats. I still can't swallow that when it comes to abortion and gay marriage. But um, I do believe that there are some good because when the rapture happens, I do believe there are going to be political figures who are raptured.
1: Oh, yeah. So so I mean, there's clearly a philosophical and moral uh right left, no mm-hmm. question or right wrong, right? yeah so the, but the fact is in the realm of politics, those that that paradigm doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. you know there it's on paper, but it it just mm-hmm. doesn't exist. or if it did, we would have solved some of these problems long before now. I mean, um agree. you know, I know we got to wrap up because I gotta go too. so I, I could talk a lot more. I could talk about the court, but they're all controlled um and people need to understand that and and need to be ready that's the bottom line
0: exactly so i do want to say first um because when we end we will stay for a couple of minutes and then we'll both say goodbye but i do want to say thank you for the book and then Mm -hmm. second no pressure you can tell me no right now if you don't want to do it i want to put you on the spot but i would love to have you back once i read the book lord willing if we're still here and if you would like to come back on um as i said in the email i've had pete garcia i've got Pastor Mark Henry coming on, love to read the books, love to, you know, dissect you because you have a passion for this. And it's, yeah, absolutely.
1: Anytime it's an honor. You're doing a great work and I'm just, I love talking to you and it's just iron sharpening iron and getting the message out. So you let me know anytime we'll put it on the calendar.
0: Awesome. Okay, perfect. Okay, so let me bring this in for a close. So we, when we listened to Tim Thompson, he was saying in there about the kids, even in the church, they really don't know some of the lingo, the spirituality, it's become such a big thing. So I do want to read this article um, from Vox, which I don't recommend anyone to go there, but I did. So this is a quote from the article. It says, uh, today, this particular lady, she identifies more as spiritual As an increasing number of young people do, many of them working out their ideas in real time online. They may talk about manifesting their dreams and faceless sex traffickers waiting to install tracking devices on women's parked cars. Some might act almost as prophets or shamans spreading the good word and guiding prospective believers. While others might just lurk in the comments, they might believe all or only some of the ideas. Part of the draw of internet spirituality is that it's perfectly picked and choosable, but more than anything, they believe in the importance of keeping an open mind. Can't stand that word to whatever else might be out there. Continuing to quote from the article, it was the idea that you could, perfect yourself your health and your circumstances that sounds so much like the word of faith doctrine to me explains mary wren an economics professor at the university of west england bristol who studies neoliberalism and please tell me what that word means
1: neoliberalism or
0: yeah neoliberalism liberalism.
1: <laughs> liberal well neo just means new so anytime there's kind of a offshoot of a long-standing you know viewpoint they'll call it neo like neo-calvinism neo-marxism liberalism that kind of okay
0: all right so she studies neoliberalism i can't get that word out and religion this eventually culminated into the prosperity gospel known best for its charismatic leaders preaching financial wealth and the widespread practice of manifesting uh i mean joel osteen himself will say that you know you can the power of i am which is literally a new age term or the idea that in order to make positive things happen in your life, all you have to do is pretend though they are already are there. It's during periods of economic crisis that we really start to start to flourish. So I wanted to stop there because that's where we are right right now. So I believe that this um, spirituality is also heightened because we've been under such a powder keg Not only politically, uh, more so now since Biden took office, but just in a whole, if you really, let's go back to really 9-11, 2001, the world really hasn't been the same. America hasn't been the same. Politics haven't been the same. The economy hasn't been the same. It's up, down. We like you. We don't like you. And we put in a Democrat. We don't like how they ran the country. Now let's get a Republican. It's just a never ending cycle and people are reaching and pulling for this spiritual realm. So I think I want to leave, I want to close with this JB, because I know that you can speak to the heart of our listeners today. And there's many people within the church who practice yoga, who do meditation. Cause you know, clearly the Bible says be still and to meditate on his word. Um, and then there's this unsaved generation who was really just bombarded with spirituality and, you know, centering and meditation and transcendental med- uh, whatever that word is, uh, meditation. So just speak to people today, talk to them from your heart. um, Just how bad this really is, especially if you're in the church and if their church happens to practice new age, maybe some signs or, but I just want you to close this out today with some closing remarks. Why do you think, and I know we've been kind of repetitive on that. Why do you think the pace has kind of stepped it up here in these last days? So I'm going to let you close it out and
1: um, talk to yeah. people. So i you know, Colossians two comes to mind because it says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Only time that word ever appears in scripture. Philosophy is phileo, love, Sophia, wisdom. It's the love of wisdom, meaning the love of man's wisdom, man's thought processes. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So uh, Jesus Christ is the only hope for a lost and dying world. Someday he's going to come back. We're going to come back with him. He's going to rule and reign in perfect righteousness over the world. He's going to make all things new, as Revelation 21 tells us. And uh, that's our hope. And that's also the only hope for any listener who may be Uh, swept up in or caught up in or being influenced by this some of this new age uh, uh, false religion false philosophy uh, is to come to jesus christ jesus said whosoever will Uh, jesus said come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden i'll make you uh, give you rest and he also then revelation 22 tells us whosoever will may come drink of the water of life freely so the bible ends with a, a great invitation um jesus christ died to pay your personal penalty for sin, uh, he paid a debt he didn't owe because you owed a debt you could never pay. And all of the hard work and good works and efforts and you know transcendental meditation and you know you know spiritualized pursuits and so forth mean nothing. The only hope is to trust in the one who paid your sin penalty. And if you'll do that in that instance, you become born again. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Holy Spirit takes up residence. You're declared righteous before a holy God. You're reconciled to a holy God. All these things happen instantly the moment faith meets the gospel. And so I just uh, implore you. I'm talking about this this Sunday, actually, from Acts chapter 14. I was working on that earlier today in my church at Plum Creek Chapel. uh, 2 Corinthians 5, I implore you to place your faith in Jesus Christ. And that word that uh, Paul uses there, implore, is is has an incredible sense of passion behind it it's the same word that um the uh, uh the demon possessed man with had legion the name of the demon was legion and he begged jesus mm-hmm. to get rid of him or the one where the man begged jesus to heal his son it's that sense of urgency and so time is short lots of stuff going on in the world but before you can prepare you know politically geopolitically, all the things happening, you got to prepare personally and make sure that you're right with a holy God. And that can only happen by faith.
0: Amen. So on that note, uh, again, guys, please um, head on over to not by um, I know you can pick up his books there. But honestly, there's only a few teachers uh, that I allow. I'm very um, God open this podcast. so I'm, I'm very protective of that and I could probably have some other people on here, but I just choose not to. And I want to make sure that I keep people who are biblically sound. So I just want to let you know from a personal note, um, listening to you, I don't get, honestly, I got to go to the website. Usually I listen when I'm at work and I just plug in the headset because you're just not on YouTube anymore. But um, I just want to say that I appreciate you being a solid biblically sound teacher, because I think God has raised up men such as yourself Dr. Andy Tom Hughes Tim Thompson in these last days for a reason and because if we didn't have you and we just had the feel good we wouldn't get any meat you know um from the word of god so my deepest gratitude and appreciation cuz when i listen to you i'm learning i'm i'm being taught the word of god
1: oh i praise god i i'm uh, it's my honor completely and i appreciate that and uh you know, we haven't been on YouTube for a couple of years, but we, we yeah. have, we do several videos a week. They're all available at notbillworks.org. We use Rumble as our backend, but uh, we do podcasts every week you can our know, right. podcasts have just Rumble. exploded. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we do those and you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. We also have our own app. You can see that on our website and download it. Uh, but if you, an Apple podcast or Spotify or, you know, Pandora or whatever you use, just search for Not By Works Ministries and subscribe. And then every time we do a new podcast, which is every day or two, several mm-hmm. a week, you'll you'll get it. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your prayers. And uh, let's do this again.
0: Definitely. All right. You have an amazing evening and thanks for coming on.
1: All right. You bet. All
0: right.